0: Are you laughing out well, All right. Welcome to episode number 2 of Embrace the Suck, the official licensed sanctioned low calorie podcast of APG. I'm your host Bill Hart. Coming to you almost live from the local liquor store where booze sales are up a reported 55%. 55% I'm going to guess that's got at least a little bit to do with the current unpleasantness. I'm going to be straight with you. Uh, I'm not completely down in the mouth about this entire shut-in situation because uh, a few weeks ago I was supposed to take a flight somewhere. So I got a hold of one of these really cool... One of these really cool masks like you use for carpentry i don't even know what the what the nomenclature is what's the naval stock number for this good looking mask but it's one of these darth vader bane looking masks and uh, i got a hold of this thing but to make it work properly i had to yes shave my beard which i was not happy about i'm still not happy about but the rate right things are going i'm going to be back to a, a respectable viking status before before things wrap up and life's back to normal so no big deal right today though want to get a couple thoughts out there on the idea of stress that uh stress would be an appropriate topic considering but stress is something that we talk about with clients once in a while because a lot of our clients are our high stress clients in high stress situations so when we talk about stress the easiest way i can describe it describe it is just to say that stress is when demands exceed resources right you got you got 10 bucks in your account, and your bar tab is $15. you have got 500 bucks in your account, and your rent is 1000 right? You've got two meetings scheduled, and you can't be at both of them. Whenever demands exceed resources. And this kind of comes in two flavors, according to the lab coach. You've got the acute version, which is the all of a sudden right now, walk around a corner, and there's a guy working on your car door. Or there's the chronic version, and this is probably one that almost all of us suffer from. And... You don't really see it coming, but a lot of it is—it's almost worse. So uh, your physiological stress response, this is characterized generally by a by a cortisol release, by a by adrenaline release, if you will, and this is kind of like kind of like the turbo boost for your body. So if you know that that uh, that old show, Knight Rider, right when he hits the turbo boost and like when he jumps over the train or the shark or whatever. And, and you think, well, why don't you just have that all the time? Well, the reason for that is because it's really hard on your body. You know, like being ready to, to fight or flight, as the saying goes. It's really hard on your body, hard on your mind. And it's, you know, just like it would be hard on your car. Also recognize a heightened state of vigilance where you're walking around keyed up all the time. And you may notice this with yourself, like getting short with your friends, getting short with your family, Especially now, you know, when demands are high and, and money is short, right? You also might recognize uh, sleep difficulty where you're laying in bed ruminating, as the lab coach say, about what I could have said or what I should have done or well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do tomorrow when I get in there and I get a chance. You're, you're losing sleep when you're doing this. You can't go to sleep because your mind's going a thousand miles an hour, right? This is another sign of this. We almost think it's just this is just normal, but this is another sign that you're, you're dealing with a lot of stress. And then one of the one of the last ones that I just read a study on, and this is uh, you become unable to focus on long term effects, second and third order effects, you know, uh, future planning, what's going on down the road. And you become immediately focused on right here, right now. I've got to get mine right this minute. And this is something we see in uh, in people in more desperate situations where why why would you do that? Why would you try to why would you try to steal a car right in front of a cop? because I'm poor, man, because I got to eat, right? But this is this is something that you see. So, how do we deal with this kind of thing? Well, when people talk to talk to me about, "Hey, how do team guys deal with stress?" Well, the short answer is that they don't, honestly. I mean, for the longest time, I know when I came in, the deal was just, "Hey, man, harden up. You know, deal with it. Shut your mouth." Um, but now that we've been we've been at war for coming up on 20 years, uh, we kind of see the long order effects of that. Um, so there's a lot of self-medicating that goes on. I can tell you that in the teams for sure. Uh, when I came in drinking and then and the military in general, drinking was certainly, and I want to think to a lesser extent, but was certainly a huge part of that culture. I mean, there were drinking trips built in today's. I remember once we went to, uh, we went to Arkansas to a place called Fort Smith where, um, I guess, where Elvis went to boot camp, if that's, you know, you know the place, right? But, uh, so we went up there to do some some shooting and some demo and such. And this was, uh, this was right around the time of Mardi Gras. So, the guys that scheduled the trip, like they scheduled, it was like a four-day weekend. And a couple of us said, hey, man, what do you think if we, uh, we take the rental car and we drive down here to check out New Orleans? And he said, yeah, just be back in time to train. So... There we are on a training trip, just taking taking the rental car all the way down to New Orleans, hang out for a little bit. Yeah, I I wouldn't recommend Mardi Gras. If if you haven't been, you know, don't do that. There's literally puke and booze and piss just flowing in the streets. I I don't want, do not want. But anyway, uh, I digress. So there's a lot of self medication that goes on. to try to deal with that with the level of stress that's out there right now. And of course, that can stem into uh, the PTSD. So I mean, kind of the, the running gag with PTSD was, I mean, with me, it was like, you know, I was a jerk when I showed up. So I mean, you know, how am I different now? But PTSD really, one of the key things, uh, a couple of the key things there. Is one is that hypervigilance. And you do see this with guys, and I certainly saw it with myself, that you're walking around keyed up all the time. Like you walk by some old woman on the street and you're like, am I going to have to tune this brought up or what? You know, and it's not a way to go around. It's not a way to do things. So at least recognizing that is is one step forward. And then learning to rein it in, you know, to deal with that. But the key step there is recognizing that like, hey, my my thought process right now is not quite not – quite, Normal, right? This is not conducive to uh, to an agreeable society. And then uh, and the invasive thoughts where you just can't stop thinking about whatever it is. I got this on my mind. I got that on my mind. You know, especially now where um, where a lot of people are are short on cash and long on obligations. It's easy to sit there counting nickels, going, "Okay, man, if I can, if I live on Cheerios for the next." three months. I should be good. But in those situations, you know, it's like get it written out, get it planned out, and then recognize that you're that you're doing this. And then not just to stop doing it, but to fill the void with something else. Which brings us to how to deal with this stuff effectively, right? Because if you consider, like think of people a thousand generations ago, you know, a long, long time ago, before people lived in cities of several million people, all that time ago people didn't have so much stimulation like your stimulation was limited to the people around you like what's going on around the campfire today what's going on with the goats today right like the most excitement in your entire life might be you know that the tribe to the north is invading again and you know when that when that battle's done they'll write songs about it make carvings about it but that's gonna be it I mean for you You've got exposure not to just to your own life, but to every piece of madness going on all around the world at all times. Like you probably experience more exposure to stressful situations than any caveman would experience in his lifetime, and you experience it inside of like a week. But recognizing this, recognizing that you're exposed to a lot more than most people would ever be exposed to throughout history, that's... Uh, that, that's a stepping off point and to start thinking about, well, how can I make some adjustments? So when we go down that road, you know, just looking at the amount of things that we're exposed to, I kind of look at it like uh, like an episode of hoarders. You ever see that show hoarders where they show up and the, there's just stacks and stacks of stuff. And there's like 95 rusted out cars in somebody's driveway. You know, they've got more things than they could possibly ever deal with, but you go to one, you know, like one empty shoebox. You're like, Hey, can I, can I throw this away? Well, no, I might need to put something in that, you know? And I kind of compare that to, to a lot of people's lives. You know, you've got so many things stacked into your life that you don't want to let go of any single one of them. And I think where some of the difficulty comes is, is because we, we live in a very physical world. Like everything's very physical, very right in front of you. And if you can't see it or touch it, then for all intents and purposes, it's, it's not there. You know, so you go to some hoarder's house and you, you say, hey, can I get rid of this shoebox? Well, no, that one shoe box. you know, I could actually use a shoebox for something. I could put something in it, maybe a set of shoes, right? And at hey, who among us doesn't have a shoebox that doesn't have shoes in it just sitting around? Like, hey, you know, maybe I use it for Christmas or whatever. Because that's a tangible thing. But the intangible thing, the thing that we can't touch or feel or put our hands on is the time involved in all of this stuff that we have stacked up. So you go to this hoarder's house and they've got a cuckoo clock that doesn't work right. They've got three old cars right in front of their door. They've got 10 cats. You know, they've got, they've got all this stuff. And you go to any one of these things and, and you say, hey, can I get rid of this? Well, no, because I could fix that. Okay, well, conceptually you could, but you don't have the time fix that car and that car and that cuckoo clock and feed those 10 cats or go and get a part-time job that would allow you to get enough money to buy food for all the cats and dogs and who knows what you have running around here. You don't have the time. You've got a 100 lifetimes worth of stuff wedged into one lifetime, and that's not even counting all the contingencies, all the little things that are going to come up along the way that you're going to have to deal with all the fires that you're going to have to put out. So in this age of people trying to maximize every second of every day, I mean, I've heard more than once where people refer to that, the Ben Franklin saying about how every man is born equal because every man wakes up in the morning with 24 hours in his day. And regardless of how he squanders it, the very next morning he's going to have another 24 hours to do with however he pleases. I would kind of take the reverse grip of that and say, you only have 24 hours in a day. And just because you look at a hundred different people on TV doing a hundred different things successfully doesn't mean that you can try your hand at all of them and succeed. You don't know that person. You don't know how long they've worked at getting good at whatever they're doing. You only know you. You've only got so much time in your day. You've only got 24 hours in your day. And most likely, a whole lot of it is taken up by something else. So all of these little things that people take on and increase the stress that they're dealing with, this is only making your life difficult. Focus on you. Stop looking at the TV. Stop looking at what somebody else does. How come I can't do that, right? All right, so looking at that, because you don't want to... You don't want to waste your life, but you don't also don't want to stress yourself out. So, what's a good what's a good gauge? You know, what's a good sense of how much can I take on? How much should I take on? Well, Marcus Aurelius, uh, Roman emperor from I don't remember what the years were, six hundred something to some something else. Somebody in a lab coat, look that up quick. Uh, Marcus Aurelius wrote a lot of books, though, and and one of the things that he talked about was, a, was a, a seesaw kind of a, an experience in terms of how he felt about things going on around him and how stressed he felt about it. So the way that he talked about it was when he feels the stress in his life elevated over something, when he feels his ex- anxiety, his worry elevated over, over something, when he looks at the other side of that, at the other end of the seesaw, he notices that it's because he has no control He has no control over the situation but when the control he feels over the situation is up then the anxiety and the stress he feels on the other side of the teeter-totter is down so when the control is up the stress is down and when he feels the stress is up he looks at the other side and realizes that the problem is i have no control in this situation so the trick there you could say is not to take on more things than you can control. So how much can you control? Well, look at your life right now because you've got you've got a minute, right? You ain't going nowhere. Where are you going? Nowhere, right? You got a second. So take a look at what can I control? What can you set a routine for? What can you plan for? What can you set up a schedule for? These are the things that really lead to success. And you'll hear people talk about this. Like I, I really started making progress when I got my life on a schedule. Because people thrive in a structured environment. Look at look at the military. They take literally anybody. I mean, pretty much anybody with a pulse, you can get through the door. But they'll make somebody useful out of you. Why? Because everything is on a schedule. Everything is controlled. You look at prisoners, people that are violent criminals, drug addicts, cannot get their life together. They can at least stay alive and half function. Oh, excuse me, and half function. And why? because they're on a very, very tight schedule. So when you've got a solid structure, your progress becomes clear. How, How much progress am I making? I can see because I know where I started. I know where I'm finishing. Anything that might come up, contingencies. We talk about this constantly, contingencies. The contingencies are planned for. You know what could come up, you know what you're gonna have to do, and you can plan around it. And these things no longer become optional. When you've got structure, when you've got a plan, these things, hey, maybe tomorrow I'm going to do X, Y and Z. No, now you've got a plan and you're going to get out there and do exactly what you plan to do, not what what I might do or what I think about doing. So a lot of these things, when you see, um, you know, you see people talking about I wake up at exactly this time every day or I do exactly this workout every day. You should do something like this. Well, does that mean you have to wake up? No, it's not. It's not about the waking up. It's not about the making of the bed. It's the structure that comes with it. All right. So thinking about what you want to do, what do you want to accomplish? Pick something that works around that. If it's working out, then fine. Schedule a wake up time. If it's you want to study something, I'm going to learn Greek this month. Then schedule your meal time so you can sit down with a book. So in terms of standing up your own schedule and developing a program to get you where you want to go, we'll delve into that that discipline topic the next time around. For now, though, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. If you get a chance, take a look at our website www.apg.team. If you've got something you'd like to hear about or a question you want to ask, you can email us at info@apg.team. And until next time, as the sun sets slowly in the east. I'll leave you with the words of Napoleon, who said, "I don't have to see the whole staircase; I just have to see the next step."